Hey guys, I'm Pete. And I'm Alex. And you're listening to the Kick Push Pivot Podcast. I'm a former Fortune 500 consultant dedicated to the idea of innovation and growth. And I used to manage marketing tours for the Rolling Stones, focused on creating one-of-a-kind customer experiences. On this podcast, we interview people faced with the decision to kickstart innovation, push through doubt, or pivot to something new. We hope you find something inspiring or encouraging as you listen. Okay, everyone, welcome to another episode of Kick, Push, Pivot. We have a special episode today with two guests, which I'm really excited to have on Ooh. here. And But before I get into that, uh, of course, I'm here with Alex, my co-host. Alex, hello. Hello. How's it going, everybody? Good to be back for another episode. I want to say thanks to all the viewers that have been uh, checking us out. It's been a great run so far and really excited about this episode. Two people in the studio today. A little different. That's right. That's right. Different, but exciting. Um, our first guest is Danica Bryant from Cosentis. Danica, welcome to the show. Hi, great to be here on Kick, Push, Pivot. Thank you so much for having me. Um, just a little bit about myself. I'm a business development manager for Cosentis Business Services, which is an organization designed to help uh, business owners in the healthcare space navigate some of the nuances of running a business, um, like navigating their technology infrastructure, setting up revenue cycle management systems, um, helping with staffing challenges, all those back office uh challenges these practices have. And so my role is to partner up with these business owners and help uh, walk them through the process of, uh, you know, determining what what they need for their practice to make those improvements, linking them up with the experts on our team to develop a strategy and then deploy that strategy. Um, and part of my role that I, I really love is creating partnerships with um, organizations and groups who have, um, you know, an alignment with what our our goals are and our mission is to help these business owners in the healthcare space, but who have, you know, specific skill sets that Cosentis does not have on our team. So they're um, very excited to, to bring on Regina Bohr, the executive um our senior vice president and executive consultant of Progressive Surgical Solutions, who does exactly that. She's got, um, you know, a wealth of experience working in the ASC uh, center space um, as a consultant. Um, and so I'll hand it over to Regina to talk a little bit more about her role and how she works in, in the ASC space. Thank you, awesome. Danica. And uh, thank you for having me this morning on um, <clears throat> Kick, Push, Pivot. Um, Yes, I'm Regina Bohr. I'm the senior VP. I actually founded Progressive Surgical Solutions in 2002, um, and uh, we have ended up selling to BSM Consulting in 2018. So I was the CEO founder. I'm now the senior vice president of a larger organization and continue to lead the surgery center division, which is Progressive Surgical Solutions. So um, what we do is work exclusively with ambulatory surgery centers. Um, we work with surgeons to develop new surgery centers. We assist with all aspects of compliance, obviously recognizing this is a very regulatory intensive space, uh, the ASC space. 
So we do a lot of compliance consulting. We have a wonderful online management tool to assist ASC managers with their compliance efforts. And um, we've also, um, we're also involved in um, training and development and education. We have great online education. We have monthly webinars and we have an annual national ASC nurse leadership conference. Um, that we started a couple of years ago and we'll be have we we had to sit out this year because of COVID, but we'll be having our second annual conference in um, March of 2022. So we're super excited about that. Woo. There's a lot of things going on. <laughs> Progressive. I like it. Well, uh, we're excited to have you the show here, uh, Danica and Regina. Thanks for joining. Um, you know, before we dive into the business side of it, I kind of want to hear a little about your personal story, Regina. So would you mind sharing kind of where you grew up, where you've come from, and how you got into healthcare? Sure. Um, I was, uh, I'm a military brat. I was born in England, um, but my parents moved back to the States while I was still very young at two years old. Um, I spent, we moved around a lot, but I spent most of my life um, in the Southeast. Um, so Georgia, Texas, Kentucky, Carolinas, um, all. So I'm a, I, I, the longest that I ever lived in one space was in Atlanta, even though we moved three times during those five years. But um, I had quite the Southern drawl and, uh, and oh. really enjoyed living in the Southeast. I moved to California between my, uh, my dad got out of the Air Force and then we moved to California between my junior and senior year. Um, in high school. So I've lived my whole adult life in Southern California, currently reside in San Diego. So if you uh, lived in the Southeast, you got to tell us who your favorite college football team is. Oh, well, actually, I don't have any say in that anymore since my <laughs> one of my kids married um, a Notre Dame alum who played for oh, Notre boy. Dame. Oh, so, okay. uh, <laughs> All right. Irish. That, that's become sort of a mandate in the family now that it's Notre Dame. So got it. Okay. So, Makes sense. You know, I, uh, I grew up in the South as well, North Carolina. So oh, really? my, my love language right now. Yep. My, the most important question for me though, is not so much about football, but are you East or Western style barbecue in North Carolina? It's a very important thing to ask. So I'm just going to throw it out there. If you feel too much pressure, you don't have to answer, but yeah. Well, and then there's Texas style barbecue, which is, you. you know, another thing all of its own. We're, I'm just going to tell you, I'm a universally, um, I, I'm a non-denominational barbecue enthusiast. <laughs> um, okay. Definitely. My husband, we're, we're actually designing a new house. Uh, we're going to be moving in a couple of years to Colorado, we have on the main floor, we have three kitchens and the outdoor kitchen has a green egg, a Traeger oh, yes. pellet grill oh. and um, a gas grill and a Blackstone griddle. So oh <laughs> we're, we're all about the barbecue. <laughs> yes. Got literally yes. all the best barbecues out there. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have a cookout. Yes. Absolutely. So <laughs> sounds like there's a connection with England too, Pete. That is true. There's a couple connections here. I think Regina and I just might just become best friends on the show today. <laughs> Did we just become best friends? We What's just the became best friends. Connection, Pete. <laughs> oh, my mother is English, and oh, wow. uh, I actually lived in the UK for three years after college. Believe it or not, and I actually do not have a Southern accent or an English accent. So that's my fun fact for today's show. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, my my. Um, Grandparents on my dad's side were first generation American. 
and um, lived in the in the UK. So we had my dad still all his whole life used the broad A and mm. uh, was very much influenced by the British culture. Very cool. Yeah. Fun wow. facts and dad jokes. That's what yeah. Pete's good at. <laughs> oh, man. So are you saying you want a dad joke? Because I've got one for you. I have been craving a dad joke all morning, Pete. I've okay. just been waiting for you to fire one off. All right. Well, we're talking surgery and healthcare today. So this is going right to Regina. So <clears throat> Regina, did you hear the one about the guy that had um, his left side cut off during surgery? His left side? His whole left side. <laughs> No. <laughs> he's in recovery now because he's all right. Oh, God. <laughs> that's a good one. That is obnoxious. <laughs> uh, I like Danica, that one. Danica's got some good ones too because her dad actually texts her dad jokes. So that's maybe, true. Maybe next time on the show, she can, she can bring us yeah, uh, some good stuff. Out. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> okay. Well, good. back to you, Regina. Um, let's see, how did we, how did you get started in the healthcare space? Uh, well, I, I always, I, I wanted to be a nurse from the time I was like fourth grade and I lived in Carolina. So my North Carolina, my, you know, my goal and my passion and my plan was to go to Duke. Um, they have a great nursing school and <laughs> you're talking to a Tar Heel guy over there. Yeah, so that's, that's yeah. like a dirty word. <laughs> yeah, no, I was all about going to Duke, but about six months after we moved to California, um, the, we, you know, the whole country went through the Reagan recession, you know, it was a deep recession and, um, my dad actually lost his job that he had taken to move us all across country. And I was going to call, you know, I was going to school the next year and I, they, we just couldn't afford for me to go to Duke. So I ended up staying in California and went to um, Cal State Long Beach. They also have a great nursing school. And um, as much as I, you know, lamented not being able to, you know, execute on my Duke plan, um, I met my husband during rush week um, in my freshman year. So I guess it was all meant to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. See, the Lord works in mysterious ways. He saved yep. you from Duke and found you a husband. That's a pretty good trade-off. <laughs> two pretty wins, trade-off. right? Yeah, two wins, exactly. Very good. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So nursing school right away, huh? Yeah. I, you know, I really, I, I was always drawn towards science and biology and medicine, but I knew I didn't, I just didn't want to forsake that much time out of my life. I didn't want to delay being able to start living a full life. I didn't want to make the kind of sacrifice it takes to go to medical school and go through medical training. So for me, nursing was a great alternative. Um, and it's been a phenomenal career. I mean, there's just so many things you can do with a nursing degree. I mean, there's nurses in industry in all areas of business in corporations in government and politics. I mean, it's just, it, it's such a great and a flexible career path. Um, so I have absolutely no regrets. I've loved it. And especially once I got into the ASC industry, mm. I've just really been able to ride that wave, kind of hit it just the right time. 
I was just going to ask, after you graduated nursing school, did you go the hospital route? Did you go with a private practice? What was what was your path to, that led you to the ASE space? I started in intensive care, and I worked there for a couple of years. And then um, we were living up in, a, in L.A., in Orange County. And then I, when we moved to San Diego, um, I continued working in intensive care, but I couldn't at the time, I couldn't find a day shift job. And, um, so I ended up getting into surgery just because it's days and, you know, it's pretty much Monday through Friday. Um, so I worked in the main OR, I worked at UCSD and I worked at Scripps. Um, so I worked at some great and prestigious, you know, healthcare institutions, um, and really enjoyed that. And then with ASCs were just sort of coming into vogue back in the early eighties. And I was at Scripps and they gave me the opportunity to manage their first ASC project. So I did that for them, started up a three OR multi-specialty ASC. And then I managed that facility for several years after that. So that's kind of, once I got in, you know, once I got into ambulatory surgery, um, I never looked back. I mean, I didn't have surgeons throwing instruments at me. I didn't have, <laughs> you know, wasn't dealing with, you know, the, the intensity of sort of the blood and guts of, of the main OR. I, I just loved it. It was a very collegial kind of a team culture and people were generally healthy. You know, you didn't treat, you didn't care for acutely ill people mm-hmm. when it's only people coming in for elective surgery. So even if they have underlying conditions, they're, they're generally well-managed and they're stable. And they're usually happy. (laughs) So it was just a much more uplifting um, and nice environment, quality of life environment to work in. Sounds like it gives you a little bit better of a work-life balance as well. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So you're working as a nurse in a hospital and an ASC, and then all of a sudden they choose you to like run one and to start one? How does that happen? Well, I mean, I, it, it was... It was pretty cool. I mean, I was the youngest manager in, in the in the cl- a clinical manager at Scripps when they asked me to take this on. At the time, I was I worked in the main OR. We had a six OR um, surgical suite at Green Hospital, and I was running. I was the head of the um, vascular thoracic service. Okay. So I, you know, I worked as a circulating nurse, and I worked in the main OR, but I was responsible specifically for that service, even though I would depending on the schedule each day, I might work in other areas, you know, other specialties as well. So, I mean, I did have some level of expanded responsibility. Um, and, um, I don't know. They just picked me. I mean, serendipity, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> luck of the draw, you know, somebody oh, shining down on me, whatever, but it ended up being a great move and, um, a great opportunity for me and, um, really learned a ton and it just introduced me to ambulatory surgery in general. So it was a big, big turning point. Okay. So, I mean, there had to be some challenges that you faced there, starting in ASC, obviously being brand new to, to setting one up, never having done that before. I mean, can you kind of walk us through maybe some of the challenges that you faced while, while well, getting that I mean, whole I- project going? I did that project and then I did that several more times for other um, multi-specialty groups in San Diego. And, you know, so I got my, I had outpatient experience, I had inpatient experience, I had outpatient experience, and then I'd gone through the startup process several times. And, 
California <clears throat> passed some significant regulation on surgery center settings in the mid nineties. And I was, um, again, I was the director of a three OR multi-specialty center and I was getting a lot of calls from surgeons around town to help them kind of man deal with this regulation for their surgery centers. And I realized I was giving away a lot of my expertise. So I decided I would just, you know, I think I can make a living doing this. So I started consulting on my own. I found that to be unbelievably stressful, like just off the charts, stressful. I was going to say um, that has to be kind of scary breaking yeah. off on your own after yeah. having an and, employer and that whole time. Being a one man band. That was the part that was most stressful, you know, having no admin support, nobody to collaborate with, nobody to bounce an idea off of, nobody to you know, cry over the losses and, you know, cheer over the wins. It was just, I lasted that way about a year. And then I went, went, went and worked for a small consulting company for a couple of years. And then I went and worked for a large corporate consulting company for a couple of years. And then, so I was kind of like Goldilocks, you know, I, I tried out this, <laughs> this size and this situation. I tried out this size, this, you know, it was the same role, but three different environments and sizes and styles of organizations. And in the end, I just decided that what, what the industry really needed and what I really wanted to do was to leverage my nursing expertise and my experience as a nurse in an ASC setting and start a consulting company that was nurse led and nurse driven. Because at the time, mm -hmm. the primary consulting firms in the space that I would compete against, one was very financially driven. It was a CPA founder and, mm -hmm. um, and primary consultant. And the other guy, the other firm was a, a guy came out of equipment sales. So, you know, I get it. You guys each bring something to the table, but you've got nothing on me. I mean, this is my language. <laughs> this is my world. I eat, sleep, talk, walk this stuff 24 seven. I know everything about it. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's when I, you know, that was my, my kick. That's when I kickstarted progressive and I founded progressive in 2002 and I was committed to the philosophy of having it continue to be nurse led and nurse driven and really leverage nursing expertise in this space because nobody knows it like the nurses. They're the ones that make it run every day. Now that sounds like an entrepreneur. I can hear the passion in your voice, Regina. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. I was yes. really, I'm very passionate about that. I mean, I looking at the corporate partners, like the ASC corporate partners, the big AM surges of the world and the SCAs. I mean, even if you look at their structure, the, um, the executive leadership is primarily financial people mm -hmm. and um, the people that really do the heavy lifting, you know, are these regional VPs. They're all nurses. You know, they're the ones that have to put out the fires every day and are on the road constantly um, interfacing with the centers because they really they know the under, they know the operation. They understand it um, and they can speak the language. So. So I founded Progressive in 2002. And then to your question about, you know, what what obstacle did I run into? Well, I think the same obstacle, anybody who works on an hourly basis, I mean, attorneys, architects, whatever. I mean, when you when you make your money by charging for your time, it's it's inherently self-limiting yeah. because you're limited by your own capacity and the number of hours in the day. 
So um, I needed what I'm something I'm sure you at Cosentis are very familiar with. I needed recurring revenue. <laughs> so uh, I needed to figure out how to create a revert recurring revenue stream within a consulting firm. And that's when um, we launched Progressive eSupport, which is our online ASC management tool. And we did that with the idea of one, having created a recurring revenue stream. It's an annual membership. And two, supporting that clinical director, that nurse lead in the ASC who wears 58 hats and has, you know, no support. Um, and three, we wanted to connect those nurse leaders so that they would have a community and they could support each other. Mm-hmm. And so those were really our, our three goals. And we... Um, we've achieved all of them. We launched it in 2009. Um, we currently have about 300 members, clinical directors nationwide. Um, we've really expanded the, the content. Uh, we expand it weekly, basically. Um, we provide incredible tools and resources, information, education, training for all the ASC staff. We do monthly webinars. So we've really we have created a community and the nurses that are a part of their members of that community are so grateful, you know, to have that connection with each other and with us to be able to tap into mm-hmm. our expertise as a team of ASC consultants. So mm-hmm. that was my push. <laughs> I like <laughs> it. So being nurse run and having that being sort of a, a new concept, um, did you run into maybe any like, prejudice or discrimination or something like that with with the traditional consulting groups that thought oh nurse run isn't how you, how you should do this and no i, I like don't that? really feel like i ran into that i think um and and i i just think that give me the opportunity put, put me in front of the person and i can i can land it you know i i just i think that we have instant credibility when we start talking about this space because Mm -hmm. it is our space i mean we pretty much own this space you know nurses Mm -hmm. are the you know surgery centers can't operate without nurses the medicare conditions for coverage mandate that a nurse director must be identified and delegated to be in charge of the day-to-day clinical operation so um this is and and you know there's just a high population i mean Surgery centers are staffed with nurses and surgical techs in the OR, but primarily nurses in pre-op and recovery and in the OR. So um, it's very much a nursing space and we understand this environment so intimately, you know, and the operation and the regulations and the standards, um, the standards of care. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really think so. I think actually, if anything, I think it was a little bit of an advantage with surgeons because I think when they have a great competent nurse that they know they can rely on it makes them more comfortable mm-hmm. totally. and um you know that's a that's sort of a natural relationship you know in healthcare yeah yeah i like that so you you got this whole thing humming along now you got your 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 consultancy group that found your go to goldilocks moment so you found the right fit yeah and you built it yourself and then you have this um kind of e support online tool that's starting to connect people so, and I know that recently you've partnered up and you've kind of pivoted to work with another group. Can you share a little bit more about how that came about um, and what where you're at today? Right. Thanks. Um, well, I mean, I think 
there's, I don't think there's an industry that's left untouched from the consolidation craze, right? I mean, you know, we've seen it in basically every industry and um, we've certainly seen it in healthcare and um, that activity, that M&A activity and consolidation activity has really ratched up um, in the last decade. And um, I had kind of a, a moment at a national meeting a few years ago where two um, consulting companies that are not comp competing with Progressive, but we enjoyed a great cross-referral relationship with them. They also served um, practices and surgery centers, but um, in a different capacity. And for all of their, you know, one of them was primary practice management, the other one was billing and coding compliance, but they, um, they referred any ASC specific business opportunities to progressive. And um, I was at a national meeting and I found out that they were each going to be dabbling in each other's sandbox. You know, the practice management company was acquiring a billing and coding company and the billing and coding company had just gotten funding to start up a practice management division. Mm -hmm. So um, that was just a, got my attention because we had enjoyed a very close cross referral relationship with both of them. Now they were going to be direct competitors. That was really going to change the dynamic of our triad. And it was just, you know, bringing that whole consolidation activity that's going on generally in the space so much closer to home. And um, so I reached out to both of them at that meeting and said, congratulations. And uh, if you decide that you are going to move into the ASC space, I hope we'll have a conversation before you make any firm decisions. And um, when I approached uh, Bruce Maller, who was one of them, the CEO founder of BSM Consulting, he said, that's a great idea. You should come over to Scottsdale and we should talk. And I wasn't expecting that response. I wasn't specifically looking for um, an acquisition or merger opportunity, but um, we sat down and talked for about four hours one afternoon and just sort of batting around and brainstorming ideas and what would the synergies look like and how could we, well, how could you benefit from us and how can we benefit from you and that sort of thing. And after about four hours, we felt like our mind would explode. <laughs> it was just so dynamic. And uh, we're like, yeah, we got to do this. So um, the fact that I had actually worked with Bruce 20 years ago, we had an underlying trust. We had a mutual respect and it just made the transaction process really easy. So we were acquired by BSM Consulting January 1st of 2018. And um, so now we operate as a division of the larger company. And Got it's it. turned out to be an outstanding situation for us. I mean, we have benefited greatly in terms of growing revenues, expanding our team and benefiting from all of those synergies that we thought would be there. They've definitely um, come to fruition. So it's been a great opportunity. And that was, uh, you know, that's kind of our pivot. You know, it, it, our target client has always been physician-owned surgery centers. And with all of this consolidation going on, a lot of our clients have been absorbed into these PE-backed platforms. And they're no longer calling their own shots for their center. You know, they're part of a much larger entity. And, um, 
you know, where that's all going to go after they get flipped two and three and five times, who knows. But, um, <clears throat> but it just felt like it was the right time and the right move for Progressive to partner with a, a larger, uh, a little more substantial um, entity. And of course, as the founder of Progressive, I'm, you know, tremendously, feel a tremendous responsibility and loyalty to my team. And I want to make sure that mm -hmm. they ha are in a situation when I retire that is sustainable and carries them, you know, well into the future. They all love what they do and they don't want to do anything else. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think uh, any good business uh, transaction has a relational component. And the fact that you knew Bruce and you guys had a working relationship referring business as well as other areas of common interest, sounds like it all worked out pretty well for you guys. Yeah, not anything I would have ever predicted or expected, you know, even five years ago. But, you know, I think all of us can say that about life, right? <laughs> yeah. Just just dabbling in the sandbox. <laughs> I, I like that you said that. That's a good phrase. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, you know, thank you for sharing your story. It sounds amazing. You know, one of the things we like to do on the show, and I'll toss this over to Danica, as well as Regina, is, is leave the audience with a few nuggets that they can take home and kind of learn or grow off of. You know, maybe people that are in the healthcare space in a consulting company capacity, or maybe an actual surgery center, uh, you know, one of those people you've helped before. But is there any nugget that you could share, um, uh, Regina, to the audience? And then I'll go to Danica. Um, I think for me, it's two things. One is just the experience that I've had has taught me that you never work harder in your life than when you work for yourself. Mm. And um, that was that was something I had to learn um, and became abundantly clear and real for me um, as I was trying to build this business. It's um, it, it really becomes all consuming. Um in terms of, you know, back to your point, Danica, of work-life balance, you know, um, there was none for a good, you know, 15 years, but, um, but it was all worth it. Um, and then the other thing I would say, and right now, especially with such a shortage in the labor market and, mm -hmm. and so much opportunity out there for people to grow and stretch and, you know, even do things that they've never done before, or take on responsibilities that may seem more than like, more than they were looking for is just um, the only difference between, in my opinion, between successful and unsuccessful people is successful people learn to manage their fear. You know, it, that it's not the absence of fear. Everybody has fear. Everybody has insecurity. Everybody feels uncomfortable, you know, at different times in their work life. Um, but you just got to be able to manage that and keep putting one foot in front of the other and you'll get there. You just, you just got to, control that fear. Love that. Annika, you're so young and in a position of great responsibility. Um, what do you think about that? Especially in business development. I mean, you're really having to go out there and like be the face. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do think that, um, well, I think the cornerstone of building a successful relationship, as we've kind of alluded to, is relationships and being open to developing new relationships, seeking out new relationships with great partners who can 
fill in those gaps of where your fears might be, um, understanding what those weaknesses are and being vulnerable and open to addressing them, um, which is why, you know, for new business owners starting out or, uh, you know, organizations looking to grow, I think it is so valuable to, you know, find a great consultant, find a great business development rep um, in an area that you need support. Because if you find the right person, they will lead you to more great people who can help you grow your business in ways that you never would have imagined. So my little nugget, I guess, would be to own your vulnerabilities and fears and seek out partners who can, you know, have those complementary strengths that you can leverage to grow your business. Brilliant. I like that. I just, I think, uh, all all the most successful people in life surround themselves with people that are smarter than them. Yeah. I think that's, that's the key. If you know that about yourself and you're humble enough to seek advice, I think that's where people really grow uh, as a person. That's why Pete hangs out with me so much. That is why I hang out with Alex and Danica because they are way smarter than me. So there you go. Well, and Alex has that radio voice. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Very good. Well, thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you, Danica for a guest appearance. And thank you, Regina for coming on to the show today. Um, We really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Cool to have uh, two people on the show today. So a little different for our, our listeners on this one. So that'll be cool. I wanted to say again, thank you to everybody that's um, listening to our podcast. Continue to do so and continue to subscribe and share. And uh, we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at KPP Podcast. If you'd like to be on the show or know someone who would make a great guest, feel free to reach out. Hope to see you next time.